turning in my New Testament now to the book of Revelation. We're going to take a few minutes to look at a statement that was made by Jesus here in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 19. Jesus, through the messenger, sent to one of the seven churches of Asia Minor, made this statement. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. The statement at the first part of this verse, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, reaches back to what Jesus said to this church with respect to their spiritual condition. He did not mince words. In fact, if you go back up, you'll notice in verse 15, he said, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Those weren't nice words. Jesus looked at this church, this congregation in Laodicea, and that's what he saw. He saw complacency and he saw indifference. He saw spiritual weakness. And he reproved and he disciplined them through the words that were spoken by this messenger. And he's telling them at the same time, I do this because I love you. But it was a call to action, was it not? He was calling upon them to be zealous and repent. It wasn't just a matter of changing. They had to be zealous. They had to have zeal in this repentance. Isn't it interesting how as you read through the Bible and even read through this book of Revelation, the first uh, or the chapters 2 and 3, and looking at these different churches, that churches have culture. We speak of organizations, we speak of businesses, and, and how certain ones have certain cultures. Well, that, that simply means that the people act a certain way. It, it starts with the leadership. It starts with systems that are put in place. And because of those systems and because of that leadership, everyone just sort of seems to think the same way. They all act the same way. And if, you're, if you can't accept the culture, then you just move on. If you do accept the culture, then you're going to make that culture a part of who you are. Churches are similar. And I guess you would have to experience being a member of different churches over some period of time to come to see that. But you can see that by just reading the New Testament. The church at Corinth, for example, was a church that was characterized as a carnal church. They were fleshly. Paul wrote to that church. He said, I, wanted, I want to say some things to you, but I can't say these things because you can't accept them. You read about other churches that the church at Th Thessalonica, for example, that was a congregation about which many good things were said. They didn't have the issues that, that, that were uh, characteristic of the church at Corinth. Well, the church at Laodicea is described as a church that has a culture of indifference. They had a culture of just being lukewarm. Now, whatever lukewarm means, and different commentators say different things about that, that expression, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's just not what you expect. It's not what you're looking for. 
Well, in the church at Laodicea, what Jesus saw when he looked at that church was complacency. They were just keeping house. They reached this cycle in the life of the local church at which they had done this, they did this, they did that. They accomplished certain things. And they even thought highly of themselves. In verse 17 of Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said, Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, they thought they were where they needed to be. That was their culture. It was a mindset of arrogance. We have the pieces in place. But that's not the way the Lord saw it. Because when the Lord looked at that congregation, he didn't see zeal. He saw a congregation that was characterized by indifference, and it affected everybody. Jesus said, if you don't change, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. It reminds me of the statement that was made by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 2, for example. He said, you have become arrogant. There was the situation of sin in the church, and he says, you become arrogant, and you have not mourned instead, so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst. Well, this was one. This is one person. And Paul saw the danger. He said, your boasting is not good in verse 6. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. You've got to change. You can't continue to be this church that you are. That's a painful process, isn't it? This self-examination to, to look within, to look not outside, not look at other churches, but to look at our situation. Look at what it is that, that, that we are doing or not doing and who we have become. Culture affects everybody. If you have a weak church and you allow the weakness to continue, what's going to happen? It's going, to, it's going to permeate the church and it's going to make others weak. Repentance requires a change of behavior. <laughs> you know, when, when Jesus sent the messengers to these different churches and when he sent the message to the church at Laodicea, it was read to those churches. How did the members respond? Oh, that was a good sermon. Thank you, preacher. It's time to go eat lunch now. That's a good one. We need to hear that about once a year. We need, we need every now and then somebody to tell us what we need to do. We don't want to hear it every week, but we need to hear that every now and then. I've had people say that to me, especially hard sermons, and there was, there was probably some truth to it, maybe a little, maybe a little too hard. But you know when they say that, what they're saying. We need to hear that every now and then. Oh, so what you're really telling me is you don't want to hear that very often. Just every now and then. Well, how do you think they responded? When they're walking out the door in the back there in the building at Laodicea, Jesus just said, you make me sick. The preacher, how would you like to preach that sermon? I want to spit you out of my mouth. You think you're rich. You think you've arrived. You think keeping house is good enough? No, repentance requires. Jesus said, be zealous and change. You've got to change. You can't continue to be who you are. 
And you know deep down inside you're not happy in that situation. You're not happy in that set of circumstances. Nobody wants to be a member of a congregation that is described as lukewarm. Oh, I'm new to town. I'm going to visit the different churches until I find the one that's lukewarm. That's where I want to be. I want to be a part of that group. You've got to change. John the Baptist was one who preached this message of change. He came to a religious establishment. The Jews of his day were corrupt. You know Jesus wanted to spit them out of his mouth. And he came in verse 3 of Luke chapter 3 into all the district around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And then in verse 8 of Luke chapter 3, we also read, Therefore, John speaking to them, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. I was raised in the church. I've been going to church all my life. I am a member in good standing. Go out there, check the attendance sheets. My name is there. Do not say we have Abraham for our father, for I say to you that these, from these stones God is able to raise up children to Abraham. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees, so every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Sounds a lot like the message that was preached to the church at Laodicea, doesn't it? In chapter 13 of the book of Luke, speaking once more on this this matter of repentance. Notice at verse 1, on this occasion there were some present, Luke 13 verse 1, who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Now we may not know exactly what these persons or groups were, but if Pilate mixed their blood with their sacrifices, they did something that Pilate did not approve of. <laughs> they did something wrong. They broke some law somewhere. And they're coming and they're telling Jesus about this. And Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You see, the problem is, it's just like in churches, maybe the church at Laodicea, or rich. Look at that church over there. You think, we're lukewarm. Look at them. They're more lukewarm. They're lukewarmer. If you're going to spit us out of your mouth, <laughs> where does that put them? Verse 4 of Luke chapter 13, Do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed... Them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You see, you can't play the comparison game. You can't say, well, he's worse than I am, or that church is worse than we are. What's the standard? The standard is the truth, the standard is the Bible. Let's stop trying to compare ourselves to others and let's be what God wants us to be. We must, every church, must be zealous and repent. Why do you think he said you must be zealous 
and repent. What did I say repentance is? You know what repentance is. It's, It's change. Don't you love change? Now, some people do like change. Some people are just ready for change. But generally, what's the statement? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because we don't like change. We like the status quo. We like our comfort zone. That's why it's called a comfort zone. I stay in it because it's called a comfort zone. And we want people to make us feel like that is where you need to be. We resist change because we don't like change. Change is painful. I look in the mirror. I need to lose some weight. No, I just need to get a better mirror. I need to get one of those skinny mirrors. Have you ever noticed how some mirrors make you look bigger than others? What's the deal with that? Have you ever noticed that? I mean, you, you ever stood in front of one of those mirrors that just makes you look smaller? Lori's looking at me like, you just hadn't been where I've been. They're out there. But you know, you're kidding yourself if you think all you got to do is get a better mirror. It's going it's to hurt this matter of change, whatever the change may be. In John, the second chapter, let's talk about zeal for just a moment. The Passover of the Jews was near. This happened twice in the ministry of Jesus, by the way. Uh, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, John chapter 2, verse 13, and he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. This wasn't good. This is not what the temple was meant to be. So he made a scourge of cords and he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and he poured out the coins of the money changers and he overturned their tables. What's up with this guy? We've never seen anybody come blowing into the temple and acting like this. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. And then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. You see, Jesus could could preach a message of, of being zealous and repenting because he set the example. His zeal was aimed at changing the status quo. If there's anything Jesus did with his preaching and with his teaching, he changed the status quo. That was unacceptable. Well, it's unacceptable in our lives, is it not? You know, churches are who the members are. It's not a a corporation that exists separate and apart from its shareholders. It's a living organism that is the local church. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12 and verse 11, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, Serving the Lord. Does that describe me? Am I really fervent in spirit? Am I really serving the Lord as one who is giving it my all? I'm being diligent. I'm not lagging behind in diligence. You know, that that mindset is really a response. It's, It's similar to the lesson that I presented earlier about us telling of all that God has done for us without even thinking really about what it is that we're doing. It's just a response. When, when I make the nearness of God my good, when I take refuge in God, 
I'm thinking about my relationship. I'm thinking about all that he has done. And it's just easier for me to talk about it. Well, this zeal and this fervor that should characterize New Testament churches, it's just the result. It is a response to knowledge. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us. Grace instructs us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people, look at it, for his own possession, zealous, zealous for good deeds. Zealous for doing those things which are good in the sight of God. What is our culture? Every church has a culture. What is ours? What do people see? What does the visitor see? If we convert someone, what do they see? What do they get to know? Who are they going to become? Is repentance or a change of behavior possibly needed in every church? And must that repentance not be done with zeal? Well, if you recognize that what you're doing is taking you down a path of death, why wouldn't you be zealous to change? <laughs> why wouldn't you be fervent in spirit and seek and strive to make things better? At the individual level, and at the collective level. This is something that I think the Lord challenges us all to do. That is to be zealous and to repent. If you're here this morning and you've never obeyed the gospel, then, then we want you to be zealous for change. <laughs> Recognizing that God's grace